proper word. Prepare to be engaged. Something like Remember, we were talking about God's power and His love and, and the things that He can do for those who call on His name, those who follow Him, right? And that's kind of been the whole thing since Adam and Eve is like bringing His kids back, right? People look through the Old Testament and they're like, well, your God's a killer and a murderer. Well, is He? Like, there's a lot of things to really think trying to understand the character of God but but that'll be maybe the next thing that we really tear into but we're, we're tearing apart family and there's a reason why we're doing family because all of us come from a different background remember the first week we kind of talked about that and just the differences in how I was raised up and how others were raised up and what does it mean what does it mean to actually be family Right? What does it what does it look like to be family? Right? There's there's a lot of things. There's support, there's love, love. respect. Okay. What about like what about being a family when when family's probably the hardest thing to do? Who's gonna stand up and start being family? Also, Family, we talked about the definition of family from Webster's Dictionary, and it was the main body or the main unit of which um, possessions were transferred through, and they were talking about immediate family, so father, mother, and children, and then so dad's, dad and mom's wealth being tossed down or handed down, and, and that was kind of a family, but then we start talking about clans, and we start talking about all these other words, that kind of represent family, right? So, reading about Abraham, who was originally called what? What was his original name? Abram. Abram. All right. Why did he get a new name? Because it was cheaper than a pair of shoes? No. <laughs> God gave him a new name. Right? The breath of God. 
happen? What would happen for Abraham? What was the promise? What was the promise to this 90-year-old man? He's gonna have a he's gonna have a son, yeah. right? Do you remember? Because Sarai, his wife, before she became Sarah, she was dried up. She was not of the bearing type, apparently. And so, do you remember? what God was saying. Like, he wanted to build this great nation through Abraham, and Abraham's like, yo, God, I'm 90 years old. Cool, what are you going to do? Right? And so then it took some time. And then you have Abraham. Abram had the affair with Hagar, with Hagar which was who? Well, that was, that was the kid. But who was Hagar? She was the handmaid, right? She was the one that walked with Sarai and and did her did her stuff for her. She was close. And remember when God gave the command or gave the word that he was going to bring a baby, Sarai and Abram are like, well, that's stupid. We're never going to do it. But you can go lay with her and you'll start your family. And then as soon as she became pregnant, what happened to Sarai's, oh, go and be with her. Oh, she a little upset, one might say. Right? And rightfully so. That was not what God had intended. And it was, became very evident. And then here comes Ishmael. And there was trouble. So we're still looking at it. So when Abraham is 100 years old, he and Sarah have this baby. Right? Isaac. So out of this comes this family. And if you remember Hagar, when when Isaac was born, Sarah's like, I don't even want to look at those guys. Abraham, you need to do something. And so Abraham, through a word of God, said, it's okay, I'm going to make a great nation out of, out of him, and we'll be good. So Abraham gives them food and water, mm -hmm. sends them on their way. It wasn't too long. They're out of water. They're out of water. Uh, Hagar puts the uh, the baby Ishmael under a bush, walks a long ways off, and starts crying to God. And God's like, "Don't worry, I'm going to make a great nation out of him, blessing her heart, and so on and so forth." And so we start to get into we start to get into family, we start to get into clans, tribes, all these things which indicate family of some sort. And so even though we're not immediate family, we are the sons and daughters of God. And family is really pretty important to God. We've talked about it before. So there's family, and this is from the Old Testament, and it's mentioned 48 times. And so there's a seed or offspring, descendant, extended family, clans, types, constituent parts, father, ancestor, progenitor, chief, group of a thousand. You know, so there's all these different things defined throughout the Old Testament meaning family or in, in regard to family. And there's 18 times in the New Testament that it's mentioned. Family's pretty important. Uh, there's, there's just so many things that are talking about it even though we don't necessarily see it. So then we talked about Psalm 107. And we went through that. I watched the tape twice because I thought we went a little bit farther. And 
install 107, but we started there and we finished 107. And it was actually really good. If you go back and listen to it, I was kind of surprised any of that fell from my head. But I really liked it. I really liked that God talks. Right? So if you've ever heard if you've ever heard the, the word Abba, Abba, I think we, we covered this slide a little bit. But Abba is the Aramaic word to affectionately call God or Father. And you find it in Leviticus 8.10. The Bible is full of surprises. So this is that definition of family, members of a household who may or may not be related biologically, responsible for the care of its members, the chief collective through which property is passed. Sounds really affectionate that way, doesn't it? Oh yeah. It's just, just beautiful. But if you think about things, back then were a little bit different, right? So families actually stored things up. Was Abraham a wealthy man by world standards or was he broke? First, he was broke. But he became what? Very wealthy. Right? He was quite the dude, so he had a lot to give to his children. So life looked a lot different, a lot different back then. So family matters to God. Family matters to Abba. Family is a central metaphor for understanding our relationship to God. Israel is portrayed as the Lord's daughter or wife. Why would he use those terms? For an entire nation. Because Israel had how many tribes in it? Twelve tribes. They're broke off into the what? The north and the south. Ten in the north, two in the south, right? And then there's a whole bunch of other history. But why why would God why would God call the nation of Israel a daughter or a wife? Talking about the same thing. How much do you think that God values these members of the family? How much do you think God is drawing us in to show his affection and his love for us? Right? Because if a man is going to be the spiritual head of the household, so God is God is the father, wives are important to God. Wives have played a huge role. Daughters have always been an incredible piece of the family. Right, so these are people that God would protect, look out for. The father is supposed to protect his daughter and his wife. So you see all these things where you, you can get at this understanding of who God is, but yet it's not correct. <coughs> it's not correct for us to think anything. Our fathers here on earth don't always do real well being fathers. Right? We talked about that at Nauseam, and we've talked about it a lot. And dads fail. And dads succeed. I'm not going to say dads are always bad, and I'm not going to say that dads are always good. I'm going to say that somewhere between then and now, we've lost the power for fathers in the homes, and it's destroying the nation, if not the world. Linda's agreeing. Anybody else agree? Like if fathers were to rise up and be the fathers they're called to be, how would it change the face of everything? If husbands loved their wives as though their wives were prizes and treasures, how would that look? 
if wives love their husbands as though they were treasures, how would that look? I know some of the biggest fights in my house are over who's right and wrong. <laughs> right? It creates this it creates this defensive thing, um, which is um, pardon me, it's my home, I'll talk about it as I wish. It's nothing short of anger. That I would battle I would battle and I would get all up in arms over who's right or wrong. There are some things that, that uh, I can learn from my wife. And if I value my wife the way that God values his bride, then I would take the time to understand that when she's sharing an opinion and we start this little riff about it, that maybe I'm not doing a very good job listening or explaining. And maybe I need to step up to what God is calling me to be to actually be the leader in my home. Because my wife, if I'm honoring her and loving her and blessing her, she doesn't have to be defensive about anything because she knows she's safe. We talked about this a while ago. Like, there's things that I have to learn to do better, right? So I need to take my lessons from God so that I can be the man of the house. Like, Junior's going to have to learn how to be the man of the house because one day he will be blessed with a wife and children. And my hope and my prayer is that between what his father on earth gave him and his studies with God as we baptized him a few weeks ago, as these things come together, then he becomes the man that God's called him to be. And Aliana's going to have a husband one day. And I pray that she knows how to love her husband ridiculously. Right? And just honors and blesses him. And I hope that for all of us, that in all of our relationships, that we learn how to actually value one another. And that's part of being the family, and that's understanding the heart of God, is to actually learn to walk these things out and see that God places value on family, and that's why he keeps calling us, right? So many of us have felt family less, as in we don't really feel like we had that family in our upbringing. And so what then do we go off of? How do we do it? How do we get over the scar tissue that's kept us safe to actually get rid of it, understand where the mistakes were made, and know that it doesn't define us? See, because we have to know that we are the bride of Christ, and that is a beautiful thing, that God sees us as his righteousness. And that changes things in everything that we do. But it's hard, yeah? It's hard when we talk about family, and, and yet we go home and our families are a mess. It's hard when we keep screwing up. It's hard when we, when we look at each other or, or we see people outside of church and say, oh, I didn't know. But how do we get to the point in our homes and in our church and in society where we understand that we're the father, where we are the family of God and that we need to support and love one another? And in that support and love sometimes comes holding people accountable. Okay. Discipline. That's a word that doesn't get spoken in the church. Discipline. Right? Is it a bad thing to call people up? Is it a bad thing to say, I care about you so much and I know, I know that we can get through this? You see, 
it seems to be a world where we're just completely hands off and the church says whatever, it's okay. And so we got a whole lot of trouble going on in the world from the church and fathers and mothers, families not doing what families should do because we're afraid that if we speak up, if we love one another ridiculously, that we'll lose people. Well, those of us who believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior have an eternity with him in heaven. Well, what happens to those folks that we say we love and yet we don't ever speak the truth and love to them and they never receive Jesus? How much time are you going to get to spend with them in eternity if they never come to know Jesus? None. Tell me how much you love them. We have to be able to put we have to be able to put the math to work. Right? Like it just shows that if I don't love somebody and I don't hold somebody up, that's not my responsibility as a whole. My responsibility is to be obedient to God the Father. Right? Matthew 28, 19, or 20. Go therefore into every nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is this is what it's all about. But what do we do? We just kind of play church and then wonder why the world's fall going to hell in a handbasket. Right? How many people are not happy with the way the world is going right now? Virtually everybody. Virtually. Are there changes that can be made that we don't seem to be making? Right here in little old Portage, there's things that happen that I would love to change. You know, I would love to create safer places for our children. I would love to create places where our children can go play. I remember the days when it was safe for me to run the street. And I ran the streets like the wind. But I knew when the street lights came on, I better be home. And everybody around town, and I've said it before, everybody around town knew who I was. They knew my mama. Right? I don't know how they knew my mama. That was just the magic of the age, I think. Right? You come from a town with 4,000 people and everybody knows everybody. It's like, what? I don't know. Maybe it was a grocery store. Oh, you got that little towhead. That little Freddy that runs around here like a crazy. Yeah, that's my boy. What time do you eat dinner? 5 o'clock. Okay, if I ever see him, I'll kick his butt right back to you. And that's what happened, you know? Everybody looked out for everybody, it seemed, and now what happens? As we're walking away from God, how's everything happening? How, how is the family? What's that? Out for themselves, exactly. Nobody, I mean, I shouldn't say nobody. Understand when I'm speaking, I'm speaking in generalities. But I know that there's exceptions to every rule. There are amazing, incredible people in this world who love God and walk it out. But I've also heard people talk trash about Mother Teresa. Right? It's like somebody who dedicated their entire life, they find the one bad thing. And it's like, yeah, she fluffed one time at dinner. And she's just not a saint. Whatever it is, I don't know what it is, but it's just it's just stupid. If you look hard enough, you're going to find bad in everybody. But what happens when you look through the eyes of the Father and you see the good in people and you call that out? You see, because if you understand who God is as a Father, you understand His amazing and divine love for us. Why is it so important that he calls us his bride, his sons and daughters? Does that seem like a God who doesn't want us? 
absolutely amazing. Jeremiah 30, 31 to 22. So if you turn in your Bibles, Jeremiah 3, 20. ever do that, Mike, when you're a preacher? Wonder why you put a scripture in there? You're like, what in the world? than one nation or one family. Followers are family to Jesus Christ. In Mark 30, or 3, 31 to 35, his mother and his brothers came and standing outside they said to him and called him and a crowd was sitting around him and they said to him your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you and he answered them who are my mother and my brother and looking about at those who sat around him he said here are my mother and my brothers for whoever does the will of God he is my brother and sister and mother that he's saying it brings us in. So they're saying it with your head and they're saying it with your heart. Are you a follower of Christ? Right? Like, we all know that. You can, you can get into trouble and you can say, oh, Jesus, I believe in you. Jesus knows your heart. He knows where you're at. 
He's the one that knows. Why would his mother and father, or why would his mother and brothers be outside the door if Jesus is speaking? Why are they not with him? Those who follow are called his brothers, his sisters, his mothers. Why is that 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 turns around like that? That you just, you go, like, again, back to the intimacy of family. How do we become brothers and sisters? But do you think that it's a stretch for me to say that you and I are family? Or do you think that it's scriptural that we would say that we're family? Because if we are followers of Jesus Christ, we become brothers and sisters of Jesus Christ. God loves us in as a family. We are adopted in. As in the love of God is so strong, he wants us to be family. And there's something in that family that he's going to teach us. There's something in who Jesus is that makes being family so important. It's more than just going to church. It's more than just eating a good meal. It's all of that and some. We can go back to the word of, of discipline. That's a fantastic word. You know, I was 40 years old and I was in seminary before I realized that discipline meant or didn't necessarily mean that I was going to get beat. 40 years old. Because I thought that discipline meant that I did something wrong and I was going to get a whooping. What if you use the word being disciplined? Where does the word disciple? Being disciplined, being discipled. What happens, what happens when we walk outside of the commandments? Teaching them to obey the commandments. Love God, love neighbor. How are we doing on that? <coughs> right? Like if, if we were to be judged, if we're going home right now, how many of us can say, well, I was going to do better. I just hadn't got there yet. I can honestly say I've been failing horribly this past week. Amen. Amen. And I think it takes, for me, I'm the type of learner that it takes me recognizing where I'm failing so that I will do better. That's just the way that I learn. Maybe you're not a learner like that. Right? I, so Jerry now affectionately calls me Mr. Cardinal, which I am not. But one of the things that I recognize in this job, I don't like it. It's the most boring thing I've ever done. Bussing tables. Bussing tables is harder. It's hard to work. This guy's sleeping all over the place. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's the most frustrating. It's like, I grew up, and I'm a carpenter. If you got time to lean, you got time to clean. I was either a carpenter or I worked in a restaurant. If you are not moving, you are fired. The, pl 
plant manager comes on and he says that if I walk out of my plant and I see nobody doing anything, that's a good day because I know that everything that we've set up is doing what it's supposed to do. That's hard for my brain. Really hard for my brain. So in the interim, every time, most of the time when somebody's got to work for two minutes, you will hear like a bunch of drunken sailors. This is blah, 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 blah. We're getting hammered with glass. Ah. It's like, dude, you have to pick up four pieces of glass and put them right there. You're not getting hammered. It's not hard work. Get over yourself. You get a, you get a darn good paycheck for it. Right, so this isn't hammering on them, they're doing their thing. But what I realize is in the midst of all the cursing and the complaining, all of this, they don't even realize how good they have it. But what am I called to do? Like, I'd rather just walk away, like, this is stupid. You guys act like a bunch of spoiled little kids. I don't put you over my knee. Maybe then we'll get something done around here. Right, but they are getting the work done. I mean, they're making profits, they're doing excellent. It's hard for my brain, so what God is showing me it's the necessity and the blessing that I get to minister the grace and love of God, helping teach people perspective, right? No matter what you look at, if you look at with a crappy disposition in your heart, it's going to be crappy. If you look at it with God's eyes, you're going to see some of the worst things ever and be able to see the light out of it. When you put it to prayer, God's going to be speaking to you. It's hard. But how many times have you been wrapped up in your own struggles and troubles? Yeah, 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 I'm praying. Yeah, 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 I know. I'm really bad at that. Like, I had a horrible day the other day. It was horrible. What does my wife say? Just pray about it. <laughs> the last thing I want to hear. Shush! Woman, go inside! She's spot on. That's what I want to hear. I don't know why I want to be angry about something. Like, just give me ten minutes to spin nails and kick dirt, and I'll be fine. Tell me everything's going to be all right. I know it's going to be all right, but I'm mad. Well, what are you mad about? I don't know. I get it, absolutely. 
But you're blessed. You're you're blessed to be able to sit here and do this little bit every now and again. It's a blessing because you know if you work if, if you're a grocery picker at Walmart, you need to walk slow as a bee. You still need to keep moving. You still need to pick groceries. to scan it. It's a blessing to be able to do what I'm doing. God has blessed me with an opportunity. How do I see it? How do I see everything that I'm looking at? Am I looking at life through the eyes of the Father? Am I understanding that the very people that I'm working with, that I'm dealing with, that I'm talking to are the sons and daughters? Are, am I understanding that they're God's creation? Or should I just join the angry party and start complaining and, you know, I don't like it. I don't like it. I found myself pretty, pretty frustrated the other day. I didn't get a job I applied for um, within the plants. It upset me because of the reason they gave me. I didn't agree with it. It was exactly what they told me wouldn't happen. And so I'm just like, well, that's a lie. If you know me, you know that I can point out a lie from 300 papers. Why? Because my mom said that liars go to hell. When I was raised, my mom always said that liars will go to hell. And so I have this thing in my brain just stuck right right there, and it is big. It is big growth right in here in my brain that I can't let stuff like that go. i got to say something about it. It's an injustice that happened to me, and I'm angry, and you lied. But am I walking in faith? Am I walking in love? Am I walking as though I really am God's son? Am I walking as though God actually loves me and cares for me? on understanding what he is calling me to and why. In many of in many of the letters of the apostles, followers of Jesus are referred to as brothers and sisters, Romans 16 and 17. Another example of Paul talking about us as brothers, talking about us 
holding one another accountable, how do you know if somebody is following God or not? Right? Like there's a discipline that Paul's talking about. What is he saying? These guys are not talking about the actual doctrine of the Father. They're talking about something else and thus proving themselves to not be followers of the actual gospel of Jesus. But brothers and sisters will know the actual gospel. Um, so they're proving and this is where we get to understand and know God's word and why it's so important did you know that just because you sit in church on Sunday morning or Saturday night doesn't mean that you know everything did you know that right did you know that you might be. You very well might be. Well, I'm certain that there are other places who will believe all of the stories you tell. Amen. <laughs> How has the church gotten such a bad reputation over 2,000 years? What is it that you read in the scriptures that would make anybody want to walk away from God? He gave his son to die on a cross for us. How bad can the guy be? He created this planet, if you remember, maybe that was Sunday we were talking about it, but just talking about the creation and how God loves us. Talk about that. Think about that. Think about what man has done since the beginning up till now. Think about that and think about how you view God. What is it that would make anybody not want to believe in God? I think hypocrites have a lot to do with it. I think, I think a lot of us are hypocrites. I think that I've been a hypocrite a lot of my walk with God. Unintentional as it may be, I thought I was doing the right thing, but I never took the time. I never took the time to actually understand what God is talking about in everything that I spoke about. I could run my mouth, I knew stories, blah blah blah. I was a pastor. I did the very best that I could. I told you about preaching through First Corinthians from a viewpoint of, of Paul being angry. Right? Why would I do that? Because my feeling, my understanding of discipline was one of anger. You can't discipline out of love. You can't discipline with grace. It's got to be angry. Right? I'm going to drop the hammer. You're going to feel the pain. We're going to get some things straightened out here. Right? That's just the way it is. Hold in the line, soldier. That's discipline. So when you screw up and I come and I ream you out, that's because you're bad. I'm right. You do well to listen. But is that not what we think so oftentimes? If I come to you and I see you doing stuff that isn't right, how do you feel about it? 
How many of you get salty? Right? Because you don't necessarily know how to receive it. You think that it's something wrong with you. But what if it's not something wrong with you? What if it's just a point of learning because I care? Right? Like, we got to get over some of our emotional stuff. How many people are overly sensitive? Right? Like, like if somebody tells you your shoes or your pants are all bunched, kind of like, maybe that's an exaggeration, but it's, maybe it's not. The covenant with God is understood in the great extended family. That's from M.J. Morris. We are family. I got my new sisters and me. You recognize that song? We are family. I got all my sisters and me. Sorry. There again, that's word association. That's what I do, brother. Ephesians 3, 6. This mystery, this mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. We are family. We're family, and you got to understand that. You see, the Jews had a real problem when the Gentiles started getting this gospel message because they were what? Remember what we were talking about with, uh, what's his face? What was his name? In the beginning, what were we talking about? And I'm quizzing you. I'm playing stupid just to see if anybody's paying attention. Hey, Abraham! Amen. I didn't say tonight. Oh, excuses. This is all good. <laughs> what, what was he talking about? What kind of nation was he building? What was going on? God said, you will make a great nation, and you'll have songs as many as the stars and, and sand on the sea, if you can call them. Right? He was saying that. He was creating the nation of what? Israel. Right? And that's where the Jews came from. So the Jews were God's chosen ones. So if you were a Jew, you would think of your nation, your, your extended family, as the ones who received the promise of Abraham. That would be a blessing for you. And now it comes this Jesus dude walking on the street who doesn't look like this king, who doesn't look like this warrior that's been prophesied over. And now all these other folks that ain't from where you're from, and now their family, what were you thinking? Well, like even a modern day gang, you gotta be you may have to be beat, introduced to things to get into the club. And then you wear a patch or you do something that would show who you are? What do we have? You'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love. Yes, you'll know we are Christians by our love. But I think over the last couple thousand years, maybe be they know we are Christians by our hypocrisy. By our lack of ability to welcome people into the family, by, by an unwillingness to walk in love with people, to actually go through hard times with people, or to even let people go through hard times with us. 
to understand that sometimes people in your family, they don't have the answers. But all they know how to do is be there for you. I got no answers. I got nothing to say. And if my presence is enough, I'm sorry. But it's all I got. And what happens if all you can do is shoot a text because you're busy? Does that mean that we don't have time for each other? Or does that mean you're busy? And again, back to the heart posture because you're the only one who knows when you're actually busy or when you're making excuses and you don't want to be with somebody. But we understand that this mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, partakers of the promise. What does it look like to be family? How do we change the normal paradigm? How do we change that so that we do better? Can we change that? Can we change that? Can we get to a point of understanding that we actually walk out in love? That we actually walk with grace? That we hold each other accountable in love? Right? That we do better. Did Jesus die for any reason? Our sins, but then what? But then we just keep walking like, like we don't learn anything, or what? Right? Like, yeah, so he died for our sins, but but he gave us a whole lot of things so that so that we can learn. So that we can learn how to walk in love. Death, 
burial and resurrection will bring transformation in us. So Father, help us as we go forth from here to be your hands and feet, to love our brothers and sisters, to recognize that we're family. Father, we love you and we thank you. In the mighty name of Jesus.